The following is a Breaks Media podcast. Do you like scary movies? gals it is the fair frequency now we'll be addressing that in a little in a little second here but we want to welcome you to one of the best horror podcasts all around and you guys have been really really showing up the last couple of weeks which i'm sure my lovely co-host jb will, will want to talk about here in a second so let me introduce him it's the man with the plan the prodigal one himself my brother what's going on jb not much what's going on fair fans just um winding down the halloween series we're gonna go ahead and talk about halloween h2o and halloween resurrection unfortunately tonight yeah yeah h2o looking forward to resurrection Eh, you know it is what it is but you know before we get into that or even the news i want to address this now jb there has apparently apparently there is a another podcast named fear frequency um now that wouldn't be as bad um, but there's apparently like they've been tweeting out that we're trying to steal their name and the work they've JB. I've never heard of this fucking podcast a day in my life. Have you by chance? Like I have never in my life heard of the fear of frequency. As a matter of fact, we still have the text logs between you and I, where we're brainstorming a name. Also, they're talking about us stealing their format. So let's just get this right. We have a podcast where we talk about some news and review a movie. Clearly, they invented that that format. There's nobody else in the world that does that format. Mind you, I don't even know if that's their exact format. I'm assuming because, honestly, I've never heard the show, nor I'm going to listen to the show. I, I thought about listening to it to see, okay, what is their format? What's this format they're saying we're copying? But I had absolutely zero inkling to want to do it, so I was like, fucking, I'm not going to do it. And, and the funny thing is that I didn't even notice it, like, the, the tweets until you pointed it out to me because I just don't pay attention to stuff like that. Um, but the funny thing is, like, like you said, them saying we, we stole their format. OK, so, JB, let's put let's take a peek behind the curtain for a second. Me and you did a wrestling podcast, um, a, a network of them. So I've been in this podcasting game for quite a while now. As far as formats, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong. So on that on that format, two, maybe three years ago, did we not talk about news before we reviewed the wrestling show we were watching? 100 percent and that was years ago i I just wanted you know i thought maybe i had forgotten or missed that um and then like so then the 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 i don't know if it's the host i don't want i unlike other people i don't i don't want to just throw out random things that i can't actually fact check but we've been getting these reviews on itunes and they've mentioned like basically exactly what the tweets from these uh this other podcast have said so i i would i would it would lead me to believe that it's possibly them i really don't care um but let's just read one of this this podcast is just blatantly stealing the success jimmy champagne which that lord uh, i don't even know who that is 
Exactly. Like I've never heard the name of a day in my life. And George Fursard um, have made with their podcast Fear Frequency. Well, let's just say success. Let, let's we're stealing their success. So let's just for some reason say which you've clearly established when we were brainstorming the name together. Um, let's just say let's just say we we did want to take the name. Let's say we wanted to bully the name out of this other podcast. I've never heard of them, so I don't know what success. Is there some type of award that they've won? Is it some type of, I, I don't know, JB, you tell me. I, honestly, I'm going to say this. I'm going to be real with everybody right now. I love our name, The Fair Frequency. But if we were going to go ahead and steal a name, there's about a billion options. Why would we have chosen The Fair Frequency? It's, it's it, and, and let's just say, let's just say. We did, even though we didn't, let's just say we did take the name. Like you said, we, let's say we did take the name. Is it really that serious? Is it that serious? We, we, I'm not going to go into the format because it's bullshit to say that we stole any sort of format when literally every single podcast of every single genre has the same exact format. But the thing that really bothers me, and it has nothing to do with their tweets. I don't give a shit about the tweets. It's the, it's the reviews. And we talked about this a little bit before we started recording. I hate the fact that they they have their fans or whoever, you know, their fanboys or whatever, leaving reviews, one star reviews saying that we stole the name, we stole the name, we stole the name. We've tried to avoid all this drama on Twitter because, you know, just just like myself, you know, it's petty. It's petty as hell. But, you know, the reviews have been, you know, we've, we've had a five star rating and then out of the blue, we got like five, six, I don't know how much it is once our ratings and it bothers me that we're working on something we're putting so much effort and so much time into it to have these fanboys come out of nowhere give one star for something that's so you know it's ridiculous yeah i mean you know it's to be expected from certain people and and clearly um the 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 way that the host handles certain things like we stole their format it makes sense with that their fan base would be very much similar in mindset to them um and and maybe they're just not that familiar with fan with podcasting because to say someone stole a format in podcasting is just utterly ridiculous and asinine to just be quite honest um one more one more thing not to cut you off one more thing because i was just reading the tweets and i want to i want to put this out right now maybe i'm mistaken did did the whatever the guy's name is that runs the podcast did he ever reach out to you no and the funny thing is about saying that they that they said they reached out to us which the funny can. thing about reaching out, like I am CEO Hayes. Let, let's just run my my resume down for a second. This is not to pull rank or to brag or anything. I've been in podcasting three, almost four years now. I have a podcast in syndication on the right. Well, it was a podcast. Now it's a radio show in, in syndication. Um, I clearly have I'm on Twitter constantly marketing the various podcasts that I work on uh, my email address and phone number are in the description of one of my podcasts um yeah yeah I, I'm not really that hard to reach exactly it's 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 just bullshit so let, let's just sum this up because we're, we, I don't want to stay on this all night question are we going to change the name no so anyone fuck, who has the question, no. and the thing is, is that honestly, had had it once you start getting to oh we stole it, the pettiness, if if before that would have came into the picture, would I have considered it? I would have. Would I yes. probably have changed it? No. no. But now I'm damn sure not changing the name of this podcast. Hundred percent agreed. If at the beginning, after episode one. Someone came to us, man to man, like, hey, listen, what I would have considered it, 99% chance I would have been like, hell no, we're not doing it anyway. 
But the fact that it went, it's gone to this route, hell the fuck no. Yeah, not happening. At this point now, for me to change the name, it would have to take Dr. Phil, um, Judge Joe Brown, possibly Jesus, to all show up at my door. Jesus in a Michael Myers mask at that to show up at my doorstep. Yeah, that's definitely not happening. Yeah, this is definitely not happening. <laughs> so let's go ahead and move on from the from the stupid shit. Let's get into the news for the week. So the very first thing that we're that we're going to discuss this week, JB, uh, and if you guys could, you know, the first couple of episodes, I believe that was like right after my surgery, so I was a little sick, and then the last episode really, really got into us and people who aren't familiar with us through wrestling. But now that you know you've brought this hate to my and the the blatant lies, <laughs> I'm way more energized. I'm so ready for this shit. But um. <laughs> to get to get into it, uh, LeBron James apparently is going to be producing or having a role in the new Friday the 13th series. What do you think about that, JB? I think it's awesome. I mean, I hate LeBron James as a basketball player, but outside of what he does on the basketball court, um, he's a pretty up and up guy. And I think, if not mistaken, I think he, he owns the production company that's looking into doing a remake. Um, I'm absolutely cool with, with them doing a remake. I just hope it's done the right way. Just as with any remake, I have... They can make remakes of every single movie there is. I don't care in any genre. As long as it's done the right way, I'm with it. Yeah, and the thing, too, is that I, I think of the like the remakes that we had, I and mean, we're going back into remakes now with, like since, like, It. But before then, when we had uh, My Bloody Valentine, we had uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, we had Friday the 13th. There was, like, there was, like, a wave of in, like, three or four years of a lot of horror remakes. The Friday the 13th remake is, I think, one that, that gets overlooked a lot because I think it was quality. The way that they didn't really redo the first friday the 13th where his mom was the killer but they they kind of set it at, at the, the the beginning or intro of, of that movie but i think that that was one of the better remakes of that one and i think that jason is one that is always kind of easy to remake because his, his story is easy like even if you want to take it away from camp crystal lake or that like it it's it's this kid this tragic kid who the people who were supposed to be watching over him weren't they they didn't and it causes his death um and i think that well not his death because he apparently uh, obviously he came back but right, exactly. i just think that his story is one that could be adapt ad- adapted god i'm just i'm tripping over my words adapted um in, in a lot of different ways to like fit these times or you can keep it the same but we all once he gets that hockey mask and he starts killing that's where you need to get to however you want to change the story what you know get some creative freedom you don't want to completely go and and do too much with it but once he puts off that on the hockey mask and starts killing the people who are major horror film film heads are going to get in it immediately yeah i agree like the newer like you said you, you put it perfectly the newer uh friday the 13th that were done were were on that scope of the better ones now we can go to the other side of the spectrum on some really shitty ones this is just my personal opinion there i'm a huge and probably my favorite franchise um, for whatever reasons, is Nightmare on Elm Street. I just absolutely love that franchise. I love Freddy. He's my favorite horror villain of all time. But the remake was so god-awful. Um, the dude that played Freddy was just not... I know Freddy as like a quick-witted, funny guy, even though it's not supposed to be that way because it's supposed to be horror. But he's all this, this, this quick-witted guy. And the guy that played uh, Freddy... Uh, I forgot the guy's name was... It just, it just wasn't the same. So we got we got a chance to see how remakes can be done the right way and the wrong way. So I do hope if LeBron does go through with all this, it's done the right way. Exactly. And uh, the thing is, is that, you know, LeBron signing with the Lakers, that was always more of a 
<laughs> a business decision to get into yep. Hollywood than what it was basketball. So, you know, we'll see. And, you know, he has the Space Jam sequel that he's working on and all that. So we'll see. We'll see. I until I see something that makes me or hear a story element that makes me go completely against it. I'm always going to be for it. I'm down for remakes. Like you said, remake anything like I'm not one of those people who are just like, no, you can't remake it. I, I'm not that I understand that everything needs to be created for a new generation. So, um, yeah, so so I'm down for it completely. But this next one, it's funny. You you mentioned Nightmare on Elm Street. Robert England, fresh off his appearance in the Goldbergs, where uh, he's going to be making a cameo as Freddy Krueger, says that he may have one more left in him. Me personally, to see Robert England and because of his makeup uh, that that he gets with Freddy Krueger, yes, he looks older. He looks a little different, but you can still cover it up. Now, does he at his age still have the ability to be as energetic as he is? That's a different thing, but I, w- I would I would completely mark out to see uh, Freddy Krueger as uh, I'm sorry, Robert England reprise the role as Freddy Krueger in a, in a full feature length movie. Yeah, for for sure. Just to piggyback on basically what I was just saying, Robert England I- is the Freddy, and um, just to, to to touch on your point. Yeah, I mean, he is a little bit older right now, but, I mean, there's ways they can mask that. You know, he, they could just show him in certain scenes. He doesn't necessarily have to be in 90% in the movie. He can just be in certain shots in the movie. But at whatever aspect we get him, I think it'll be it'll be amazing because even though the guy may be older, you never lose that, 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 that gift of delivery. I feel like regardless of what age you are, you're always going to have that delivery down. It's just something – I don't think I don't think delivery is ever something that you can work on. I think it's something that you just have in you. And his delivery was always so on point. So um, I, I hope that – I hope that it's not just a statement he made and I do – well, it was a statement he made. But I hope someone actually takes him serious and then move forward with this. I'd love to have him one last time as Freddy. Yeah, yeah, so we'll 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 definitely see. You know what? I honestly wouldn't even mind if like they did let's say they did a remake and Robert England was a character in it or maybe there's like a new Freddy and he pops up in one of the dream sequences. Like there's a lot of ways you can do it because of yeah. the kind of character Freddy is. So, let's get Robert England in whatever they do next with Nightmare on Elm Street. So, our next bit of news that we're going to talk about. So, I know I finished it. I know you haven't yet, but with uh, the Haunting of Hill House on Netflix, and I just think that that's a great series. We'll, we will be reviewing it at some point. Maybe it, I don't know if it's the next on our docket after we do the actual the new Halloween remake on Halloween. Um, we but, have the Nun. Oh yeah, we do have the Nun, which was voted by our actual listeners that have left us before all this drama. What we, what do we had eleven five star reviews for a podcast that only has three episodes. Thank you very much. But nonetheless, I'm I'm going to throw throw shots in there every once in a while over the course throw of this podcast. Throw that shade. Throw that shade. <laughs> but with the haunting of Hill House, it made me think about all these these horror genre uh, movies, films, or um, well, TV shows coming into different formats. So we have Child's Play coming to TV. This is actually going to be a continuation from the last uh, Chucky movie. While they're also making a remake film, which is just weird. We got Enter the Dark on Hulu, which I actually watched their first episode, which is called The Body. And that one's not a traditional like TV show. It's actually like a bunch of short, well, not short movies. It's a bunch of movies uh, that were made that are being released on Hulu under this Into the Dark banner. Um, but what do you think about horror returning uh, to TV the way it is? And, you know, Creepshow we've talked about is coming back. 
Tales from the Crypt has also been talked about to be be on the way back. What do you think about horror in the TV format, JB? So again, just like what we were talking about remakes a second ago, I have no problem uh, with them having TV shows, uh, horror TV shows, especially ones based upon movies, successful movies of that, as long as, again, it's done the right way. We've seen a lot of horror TV shows that absolutely failed. And these were based off of some really popular shows. Like there was once, uh, I remember a long time ago, there was a uh, a Freddy series. I think it was called like Freddy's Nightmares or something. That really wasn't that great. I remember there was a Scream series that didn't do so well. I think it lasted like three seasons. It got canceled or something. So as long as it's done the right way. And I'm also a very huge fan of, of Chucky and Child's Play. So I, I again, I hope that it's something that is worth watching. I don't know really how they're going to play off of the movie and and I, yes i did hear about the the you know them doing another movie as well so um, i am intrigued and i will be watching um i didn't get a chance to see what was the movie called haunted on what was it what was the movie called the on, haunting uh, of hill house the haunting i saw like the first 15 minutes and i got sidetracked and then it looked good the first 15 minutes looked good and then when i sat back down actually i started watching uh 7 minutes in heaven which we talked about Ooh, yes. last episode um i will say this i'm not going to give any spoilers because i still have about 20 minutes left in the movie or 30 minutes left in the movie it's actually not really a horror movie it's more like psychological thriller um i'm enjoying it thus far um I, but it's not a traditional horror movie it's more of a uh a psychological thriller yeah and the, the funny thing yes i mean it comes from blumhouse which we've we've raved about i think on the last episode um but it's not really a horror movie like once once the plot device happens it really moves away from horror and like you said into more of a, a thriller a psychological thriller right. and you know the the and for anyone because i don't think we really established this when we're fear frequency we'll be covering thriller we'll be covering horror we'll be covering a little bit of everything because those all they kind of all blend together but i think it'll be fun to have a discussion on like what we view the difference as because i think it's different for everyone what they view as a sure. thriller versus a horror movie like for example, there there's a writer that I saw that said that the new Halloween is a thriller, and I'm like, no, that that's completely horror to me. So we'll we'll have that discussion between us one day because maybe we don't even agree on that on which exactly. one is which. Um, so I think that's a fun thing to do. But yeah, the Haunting of Hill House really, and I can't wait till you watch it. Like not even from like us recording an episode standpoint, just from us texting because I love talking to you about stuff like for you to once it really gets going just to see because you're so good at like dude what the fuck like i can't i <laughs> yeah. love those reactions from you yeah absolutely yeah i plan probably next week at some point i'm gonna probably just binge it and watch it that's the best way to go honestly it's one of those things that like i think i sat down it's 10 episodes and i probably watched like four four and then the last two back to back because it just you, once you start getting into it, like you, you, you don't even you don't even really realize that you're transitioning into a new episode. Like you just it's, it just gets going. There. It's just, it's really good. Yeah, no, I know. Once you start going and go, I mean, I remember the first time. Well, when I actually sat down to watch Breaking Bad, I think I saw the whole thing in like a week, the entire series. Yeah. Oh, God. That don't get so Breaking Bad. And I know this has nothing to do with horror or thriller or whatever, but, you know, fuck it. Um, okay. Breaking Bad is one of those. I got into it. I think the last two episodes of season four, which was the season before the last season. So before season five started like that little have a three month break, the whatever break. they take. Yeah, I 
binged and this was before they were like on netflix like i, I unfortunately i torrented the shit out of it but i watched the whole uh other ep- the other seasons like in that in that time between because breaking bad i think breaking bad honestly as far as like when you tell the the overall story of one character like the main character i think it's some of the best written stuff on ever in tv absolutely i'm just gonna tell a quick my quick breaking bad story so when i started my i forever has been told watch it watch it, and i always put it off and finally I sat down to watch it actually i tried to watch it a couple of times and i would always be like damn this shit is boring i like 10 minutes into the ep- the first episode and then finally i was like let me give it a chance and it was during the, s- the last season when they had like the mid midpoint break so the first four seasons i think were on netflix the first half of season five was not on Netflix. So I went online. And I did some crazy research. Come to find out Canada's Netflix, Canada's Netflix actually has the first half. So I, I, I by whatever means, I was able to trick my, my, my stuff into thinking that I'm from Canada by whatever means. And I was able to watch the first half of, of uh, season five. And then this, the second half of the season, uh, which was the final half, I watched it live pretty much. But yeah. There you go, son. There you go. Uh, but our last, let's get back into the news. Breaking Bad is, I could talk Breaking Bad all day. We can almost have started a Breaking Bad podcast. But I know. Let's get, Annabelle 3, the Warrens will be appearing in the film. Now, this whole Annabelle, which spun out from The Conjuring, which, like, there's this whole Conjuring universe now. You have The Conjuring movies, you have Annabelle, you mm-hmm. have The Nun, and then I think they're doing another one based off a character that was in The Conjuring 2 or 3. Um, what do you think about the Warrens reappearing in the film? Me personally, and I'll just get my thoughts out of the way on this, unless they're playing a big role in the story, I don't give a fuck. Like I love the Warrens. Don't take me, don't take it the wrong way. I love the Warrens and I love, um, Vera Farmiga who plays and then Patrick Wilson, I believe his name, um, who, who play the Warrens. I love them as actors, everything they do, but just them appearing in a bit role. I almost would have rather it not be announced and kind of just saw it in the movie. Um, because if they're not main characters, I'm ready for the next conjuring or whatever they're going to be in, but I really don't care about Annabelle, them being in Annabelle three. Yeah, actually I, I kind of even want one them to not even be in this to at all period. Um, unless if it's like a small cameo in which they never even, like you said, they never even mentioned it. It's just a, a, a kind of surprise type of thing, but yeah, we'll we'll see how it goes. Uh, either way, quite frankly, I'm not not a huge fan, nor will I be pissed off if they're in a large part of the movie. It's just kind of whatever for me. Um, I'm more interested to see what the actual movie is going to be about. And um, yeah, like you said, there's there's this kind of this universe right now, this Conjuring universe, which is, it, as far as I can remember, I correct me if I'm wrong. This is the first sort of universe in the horror kind of genre i don't remember any i know there's obviously the marvel universe and dc universe and for like comics but i don't remember actually having a horror universe unless we're going to put the universal uh, monsters like count them yeah. as a as a horror universe because you know they did have the thing where they all appeared in um but other than that yeah i think you're right yeah so we'll see how it goes i mean just, I, I'm, I'm excited to see annabelle 3 though yeah yeah I'm, me too like and that's the thing i don't want to my my really i I don't care about the Warrens being in Annabelle 3. I'm still excited for the movie. Like, I love almost everything that's come out of the Conjuring universe. The only one that I haven't liked, I think, was the first Annabelle. I really liked the second one, though. Um, so I'm excited for Annabelle 3. Uh, the last thing on our news is is this reimagining of Dracula. Um, and this is going to be a five-hour, so five, I guess, one-hour episodes on Netflix. Um, what do you think about this? What do you... me? 
I'll let you get your thoughts off on this one first, because I think mine are going to be a little bit more controversial, I guess. Uh, yeah, I think the thing with me is I've never really been a big fan of Dracula. Um, I seen one of the Draculas. Um, I think it was like in 2000, if I'm not mistaken. Not a huge fan. Um, it's it's kind of whatever for me. I, I I really don't have much to say on it because I really don't care. Um, will I watch Will I watch it when it comes out? Yeah, because I watch everything. But do I care level one to ten? Probably a three. And I guess I don't know if this is like the worst thing to say as as horror guys. Like Dracula is a boring character. There's been yep. ve- there have been very few stories told about Dracula that are not boring as shit. Just in my opinion, like I've never been a Dracula guy, even Bram Stoker's Dracula from 1992 that I, I guess would be the best. Uh, well, most widely accepted as the best portrayal of that role. That movie, I I guess as just a pure uh, a pure film guy, I understand the appeal, but I just it 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 didn't do anything for me. Like it, I've it, it just didn't. And you would think something that's been around for what about 70, 80 years now would have some sort of big, um, a lot of things go on with it. But I, I, again, I could be absolutely, we could both be absolutely wrong because we're not hardcore Dracula fans. So maybe there's this whole, you know, maybe there's guys sitting down right now doing, doing podcasts on, on Dracula. Um, I'm sure there are, but for me, it's just not something I'm interested to be quite honest. And again, it, it is weird because we're horror guys, but just like anything else, you're going to have your favorites. and You're going to have the ones you don't like much like, Halloween resurrection. Exactly. Exactly. So enough of the news, JB. Let's go ahead and take a brief break. Set the tone with uh <laughs> some Halloween music, the typical theme, and then we're gonna come back and let's discuss H2O and unfortunately after that, resurrection. Damn. JB, I'm excited about this portion of it. Halloween H2O, 20 years later. Now, what this film did that was a little bit different, it did away with any of the Halloween sequels except Halloween 2, which I think we both appreciate. And it picks Absolutely. up on Jamie Lee Curtis. I'm sorry, Laurie Strode, 20 years after the the murders um, in Haddonfield. This picks up actually not in Haddonfield. So this is one one of the few films, I think, in this whole series that don't happen in, in Haddonfield. I think only H2O and Resurrection don't happen in Haddonfield because I think all the other, even the most recent remake and uh, Rob Zombie's movies, all are still in Haddonfield. So that that you quit, actually, you're the trivia guy. Go ahead. I'm 99 percent positive. Um, you're correct in most of that. But I think Resurrection was in Haddonfield only because I remember oh, the this school house, they went right. to. Yeah, yeah, at his house, and plus, um, they went to Haddonfield University. But you're right, H two O, uh, that, that part of it was in, I think it's called Summer Glen, California. I don't, I'm not pretty positive that's not even a real place. Yeah. So, what this what this movie does, like, so it does away with Lori Strode's daughter. She actually has a son, um, which <laughs> I don't. I, I can appreciate like especially after like all the incest and everything why they would want to just completely get away from um <laughs> from the the daughter uh storytelling aspect now her son named John played by Josh Hartnett now this is just I guess the film guy in me did you at all think of 
Like you have an older woman who's been through trauma with a son named John. Did John Connor pop up in your mind at all? Bro, oh my! This is why this is why you and I are fucking friends. Not only did I think about John Connor, but I swear her character. I kept on thinking about um, Sarah Connor from Terminator Two. You know, like Terminator One, she was like, and I don't mean to get off on a tangent, but Terminator One, she was kind of like scared and you know timid. Terminator Two, she was like a badass, and I feel like Laurie Strode, same thing. In Halloween One and Two, she's like this scared girl. But in in H two O, she's like this badass, and I kept on making the the connection with the two. See, like you said, that's why we're brothers, man. Because I just and the funny thing is, is like when this movie came out, I didn't think about it at all. But like watching it now for the, rewatching it for this review, I'm just sitting here like this is like totally like a version of Terminator two. Like they Terminator two the shit out of this movie. Um, but great movie nonetheless. Um, let's let's keep it going. So her son, which he was supposed to go on a trip with his with his classmates snuck around to stay with his girlfriend they planned on hiding on campus um of course michael myers gets loose again and he comes right after Lori and her family uh what what did you think about the opening of this movie like the setting of her being a headmistress at a at a on the campus and everything like what did you think about that yeah so i thought it was interesting um you know i, I definitely happy to see jamie lee again because i think throughout the whole series she's probably the number one actress in the entire series so uh i, I'm, I was glad that they decided to go back to this and also I'm, i was glad as hell that they just completely ignored um halloween four five or halloween three four and five and six because quite, quite frankly those should those movies should have really never invent uh, what it should have never been invented halloween one two and h2o that's all we should have gotten so um definitely happy to see jim lee curtis i just want to rewind a little bit just to kind of you know usually when we do these podcasts we kind of like kind of set up set set the table if you will so i just want to talk about a couple quick things that i had to notice um Jamie Lee actually and I, I'm sure you read about this as well she actually was the one who reached out to the directors and producers to be in this movie because she she felt quote unquote she owed it to the fans to kind of give them some sort of um resolution to the whole the whole um Jamie Lee story and it, it was even it was even or not Jamie Lee but Laurie Schrode and it, it was it was even put in that where um she wanted to, the movie to end which we'll get to in later and I'll talk about a little bit more later um she had a say in how the movie was going to end. Um, I, I will say, though, this was not the original script. Before they had Jamie Lee Curtis uh, had agreed to come on, this was supposed to be a straight-to-DVD or VHS movie. And the premise was going to be uh, – this was going to be an all-girls school. Same type of prep school, but it was going to be an all-girls school. And there was going to actually be a copycat killer of Michael Myers. Actually, uh, John's – friend in the movie i forgot the kid charlie i think is the kid's name he was supposed to be the killer and he was gonna be a copycat killer but after jamie lee curtis came on they scrapped that idea and then they went ahead and and you know went with what we what we got okay so the idea of a copycat killer uh so that right there it is now they're like blending together scream and terminator as far as storylines but i honestly kind of like that like i i like the idea so to say of like someone picking up the michael myers mask and all these people who are like traumatized from the original murders still feeling that even though michael is technically supposed to be dead or whatever so i actually i, I think i would have liked i think i would have liked that honestly yeah I, I think so as well and it's sad that they just they they scrapped that idea but I, I don't get me wrong what we got more i'm more than happy with what we got yeah yeah i, I am too so let, let's keep talking about it so 
Michael Myers, who then drives all the way to California where this is set, parks his car in front, sneaks in behind LL Cool J. Uh, Ronnie was his name in this movie. Um, so it's very light on kills to start with. What did you think about that? Because I, I'm used to Halloween movies really having kind of more front loaded with kills and then kind of in the middle there's this dead period but there really wasn't weren't many many kills um at the beginning of this movie probably the first 30 minutes or so 30 to 35 minutes what did you think about that yeah absolutely i mean it it, kind of came in bunches like off rip we got like three quick kills and then i'll just go straight to the kill count right now if you don't mind the since we're at it right now that the entire kill count for this movie was seven which is really low for a, for a Michael Myers movie or for a, a Halloween movie. As a matter of fact, I think it's the lowest in the entire franchise. Um, so yeah, it was there was only quick um, seven kills, and the fact that we got three of those in say the first ten fifteen minutes of the movie says a lot. Well, there you go. See, I I, I love our balance. You know how you do the research, and I just kind of show up and talk shit. Perfect, perfect balance for me personally. It is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Look, that's my line. But um, <laughs> oh, that's true. That's true. That is your line. That's your studios. Oh, we actually, yeah, yeah. It is what it is. Studios, which definitely produces this podcast, nonetheless. Um, so we the the cast of characters we have in here. So we have Lori Strode. We have her son John. We have his girlfriend Molly, which is played by Michelle Williams, one of my favorite actresses nowadays. Um, we got Ronnie really? L. Cool J. Yeah, I love Michelle I Williams. Who? She's the only person. Not, okay, so not not to cut you off, but um, uh, Josh Hartnett. Who doesn't know Josh Hartnett? Um, his friend. As soon as I saw that guy, I immediately remembered that's the kid. That's Alan from Jumanji with Robin Williams. So that's the first thing that came in my head. His girlfriend, the, the girl who played the slut role, the slut character, she reminded me, uh, like reminded me of that. Um, it's that teen movie. I forgot what the movie was. Um can't remember right now i think it's with freddie prince jr um she's oh, all that another she, 10 movie no oh, no, she, no no she's, no she was all that yeah i got you yeah right but michelle williams i have no idea who that is what so for wow really like a she was married to heath ledger which i, I know oh, really doesn't have, yeah doesn't have anything to do with her career but i was a huge dawson creek guy like ah, uh, uh, i never saw that so i was more beverly hills down to 210 she was she was dawson's creek she was in Brokeback Mountain with her. I never husband. saw that. I um, never saw that for obvious reasons. Yeah, Blue Valentine, which I love as a movie. Uh, she played Marilyn Monroe in My Week in Marilyn. I did uh, see that in IMDb. Uh, was Shutter that the Island? lifetime version? Yeah, I think so. Shutter Island. Oh shit! She was DiCaprio's wife. Yes, yes. I ju- then, I'm just now putting that together. And then okay. she was, she was in uh, the Oz movie with James Franco. She played the White Witch, I believe. See that. So yeah, yeah, she she's she's a she's really good actress. Okay. Yeah, she's been around for a while. Um, and I've completely lost we, we, these tangents, man. I love it though. It's great. It's great podcasting. Um, no, you, yeah, no, and it, it's still relevant. But you were just basically going through the, you know, we were talking about the cast of characters, and you just, you know, we were just now talking about the movie kind of opening up. Oh yeah, and then then of course we have um, where was I at? We have uh, Joseph Gordon Lovett. That's that's Jimmy. That's the guy from Third Rock from the Sun. Great actor as well. Um, and then we have uh, Lori's boyfriend or whatever he was. His name was Will. That's all I got. And then, you know, of course, a couple of other characters to sprinkle in there. Um, but so let, let's let, I'm just going to go ahead and get into it now. I know it's not exactly where we are, but we're not doing a full recap of this movie. But Will, her boyfriend is definitely my white girl moment because like. For a couple of reasons. First, like, he's just an idiot. 
Like, <laughs> legitimately. He is just an idiot. Everything he does is a white girl moment in this movie, I feel like. Like, it's just... I, I don't know, man. I don't know. He's... And I, I hate this is going to be racist, but I am black people. So this hopefully doesn't bother anyone. But he's like the black guy of this movie. Like, you're just waiting for him to die. Like, you just know he's going to get it. Yeah. <laughs> um. He he he's he's a weird character. And he says, I mean, this guy's supposed to be the the counselor of the school or whatever. And he be, he says some crazy shit throughout this movie. Like the one uh, again, we're jumping all kind of all over, but it's whatever. But. Uh, when he was doing the rounds to see who's who's kind of left back from the Yosemite trip, and he sees the girls, and you know they they kind of make a joke with him, and then he's like, "No, I'm gonna go pierce my nipples or something to that effect." I don't care if it's a joke, but in 2018, I guarantee you that statement doesn't fly. Yeah, true. And then he's the one who shot uh, Ronnie too, right? Yeah, he shot Ronnie. He took the gun from Laurie Stroh and he started going crazy, started shooting Ronnie. Yeah, complete. He's the living embodiment of the white girl moment. Absolutely, absolutely. Dumbass, dumbass. So we get Michael Myers first when he's finally loose and Lori knows he's there. Of course, she finds out her son's there, too. First of all, I want to ask you, have you ever went on an overnight field trip with school on Halloween? Like, who does that? No, I don't know who, who does that, especially. Yeah, no, that's that's not. No, that's I would never even allow my child to do do an overnight thing. Um they do have obviously I've been on field trips where like you're kind of you get back until like 12 o'clock at night and stuff like that not not staying out all night overnight um yeah I don't know especially in a park yeah no people are weird man people are weird and then the moment of this movie for me is when they come face to face finally like through that door I don't know man I, I don't usually get chills over oh movies God. but like it just it was something really chilling about that bro hands down for me, hands down, and, and people might say I'm over-exaggerating. For me, in this entire Halloween series, I don't care. You're talking about the Rob Zombies, the originals. I haven't seen the new one yet. But in all the other ones, hands down, most iconic scene for me. Um, and I remember when this movie came out and, and uh, the trailer was showing on TV and you got the commercials of the trailers. They kept on showing that scene. And even I've seen this movie a thousand times and even rewatching it right before we, we, we you know recording. It still gave me, like you said, it gave me chills because it's like it's like kind of being in the moment. Like she keeps talking about Michael's gonna come back, Michael's gonna come back, and then finally they're face to face, and then he does his like tilt of the head, which I've talked about in the past. That 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 tilt of the head and her, the look on her face is just priceless. It's just an iconic scene. I, it's my favorite scene, even though it, it it doesn't do much. In reality, it does a lot if you think about it. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's and it's it's funny because if you have to pick any one image from this movie and people will instantly know what movie it's from, it's that. Absolutely, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. It's just it, it, and whoever's idea this was, I don't know if this was a, a producer's idea, a director's idea, or whoever, the writer or or whatever. This was absolutely done perfectly. And also, just to rewind it a little bit, just uh, just maybe ten minutes before that. I think everything we got about 10 minutes before that up until the end of this movie was really great stuff. It's probably like the last 30 to 35 minutes of the movie. It was just literally nonstop action, and I just enjoyed 
every moment of it, the entire 30, 35 minutes. Um, I think one of the one of the producers they they had some they had a good team that they were working with because I think um, the director actually I think was Kevin Williamson and Kevin Williamson he had did like um, uh, I think he did I know what you did or I still know what you did last summer plus they had like Steve Miner who had did like a few of the Friday the Thirteenth so they had people with experience and they had they had a good team with them and it showed. Oh yeah, it's it's the passion in this movie definitely showed, and Jamie Lee Curtis showed up, and you can tell that it well at least it felt like everyone was kind of reinvigorated because Jamie Lee Curtis was coming back, and because they were able to like do away with a lot of the nonsense that came up in this series after the first couple of movies, and it really this is this if you don't want to remake something and you want to pick it up, this is the perfect way to do it. I I know some people have issues or find issues with when you like do away with sequels. And we'll talk about some of that too. When we talk about the the newest Halloween movie next week, but it, 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 this is the, this is the right way to do it. If I, if I had to do something, if I had to pick up, let's say child's play, which we talked about before, if I had to pick that up, figure out a way to leave some of that story in without really picking up some of the heavier beats, I do it the same way. One and two. Everything else go away. Yeah, actually, for that, two was my favorite. And yeah, exactly. And they chose the right things. And I think they knew. I think they knew what mistakes they did in three through six. And they chose two as a good cutting off point. Like, hey, let's get rid of the, 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 the fluff. Um, and, and just let's go one and two and then go straight to, to this is the sequel of two. So that was a good idea. Also, just want to bring up a fun fact. Do you remember uh, Laurie Strode's secretary? Um, she was in one scene inside inside the school, but then she was also in another scene outside where they had a little conversation. She kind of snuck up behind Laurie and, and she jumped. Do you, do you know the character I'm talking about? I do. I remember. I don't remember the actress, but I definitely remember the character. Okay, so yeah, it was the it was the older lady, and she said like, "Oh, it's Halloween. We we all get a little scared around Halloween." And they had a little conversation. Just want to bring a fun fact. There's a couple of different fun facts just so for our listeners out there. Number one, that is actually the woman that played. I, I don't, honestly I don't remember her name, but it play, she was the character in the original Psycho that got stabbed. The, the shower scene. That's the same oh, character. Really? But hold on, and. Also, her daughter, that, that same woman, her daughter actually went on to be a famous um, uh, movie star. And she did a couple of horror movies as well. Do you know who her daughter is? No. Jamie Lee Curtis. Ja- Wait, Janet? Jamie Lee Curtis is Jamie Lee's son? I mean, daughter? Yeah, Janet Lee. That's the name of the lady. That's Jamie Lee Curtis's mom. Bro, I, 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 I really never knew that. Like, I, And people are probably listening to this podcast like, how the fuck don't you know that? I legitimately legitimately did not know that so there you go yeah i i i knew i knew that's her mom but i never realized that's the same chick from psycho yeah yeah well yeah so janet of course it's one of the most iconic scenes in all of horror history but yeah so once you said she was a chick from psycho like i knew the actress's name but like i'm I'm not one of the so peel behind the curtain again i'm not one of the people who stays up to date like on celebrity like news or anything like that's just not me i typically don't do that i stick to the films if what's not discussed in that article i really don't i don't think of it outside of that i'm just not that type of that's kind of type of stuff doesn't interest me but i did not know so two of the most iconic scream queens in history are mother and daughter that's great that's great that is that is great yeah, but yeah, that's uh, that's my other daughter. So that was that was kind of cool nod. And also, I mean, I didn't hear this, but I went back and played it when she's walking away, just very subtly when she's going to her car. You hear the psycho theme in the background, very subtly. 
So it was kind of it was kind of nice not to cycle as well. This and actually, her license plate was like NFB or something. It was basically Norman Bates initials and some numbers. Now that's how you do an Easter egg. That is how yes. you do an Easter egg. Um, Ab- absolutely. You just blew my mind. Uh, but that's amazing. Uh, <laughs> so I don't even know where where we're going now based off that. Um, can I can I bring something up? I have a question. I when we do these podcasts, I always pose these questions to you. I want to bring up one scene in particular. I, again, I don't have any kids, so I can't relate. You have seven, eight, ten children. I don't know. I, I lost I, I lost count by now. But <laughs> you have children, so you you'll be able to answer this better than I. The one scene where that lady I don't know what her name is. They never say her name. She pulls up in a rest stop. Her daughter has to use the bathroom. Is this the best rest stop she could find? And not only that, there's a broken down car there. Um, not only that, they're in a piece of shit beat up car. Um, you're in there with your daughter. It doesn't look like the most reliable car. Would you ever stop with one of your children, no matter bad, how bad he or she has to use the bathroom? Would you stop in that area with, with that with that exact setting? No. If anything, I would pull over on the highway and just say piss right here. Exactly. What was she thinking? She wasn't. Didn't give a fuck. That's what it was. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. <laughs> so the middle, the whole middle of this film, we, we kind of talked about some of it, but just how intense it was and everything before it started winding down. Um, what What are your thoughts of everything here in the middle? Like with Ronnie getting shot and them going through the school, Jamie Lee finding out her son didn't go on the trip. Mike, the fact that Mike was there, them coming face to face. What was what were some of your favorite moments in the middle of this film before we get down, get to breaking down the the ending part of it? Yeah, I think uh, mostly it was just the, the flow. Everything flowed beautifully. It's different from other Halloween's you got in the most recent, you know, five and six, um, where shit was just kind of convoluted or it looked like, oh, they're just putting this together, putting that together. Everything just flowed beautifully. Also, um, I'm sure a lot of people don't talk about her, but one of my favorite characters in this movie, even though she didn't really get much play, was I don't even know what her name was, is Ronnie's wife. Have you ever have you ever had a girlfriend like that? Hell no. She's like, what you doing? Oh, I love her character. I love her character. But um, it was just so, you know, I loved her character. There was a lot of comedy behind that. But, yeah, in terms of the middle of the movie, I just thought it moved everything along. It, it wasn't um, – looked like it was a, a, a patched job. Everything just flowed beautifully. And then we get towards the end of this movie. Um, before before we move on, your, your uh – White girl moment or anything? Did it pop up in the middle of the movie? Before I don't want to get too far. If it did, my uh, my white girl moment is actually Charlie's death, which is um, John's friend. It's Halloween. You've heard the stories of Michael Myers. I'm sure by now there's pictures of what he looks like based on on, on certain accounts of people doing some questions and interviews, etc., etc., etc. You see someone that looks just on Halloween. Sure, it may be somebody playing a playing a prank. But my first reaction wouldn't be to say hello if this person is standing in front of me. It would probably be to run. Now, prank or no prank, it's Halloween. Uh, you know, you know that there's only two or three other people here. The body type doesn't match any of those people. He says hello, and obviously he died. So uh, for me, that's my white girl moment. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Um, <laughs> so the whole ending part of this movie um, with. Lori attacking Michael. She stabs him a bunch of times. Um, Ronnie pops up. She stops. Like Michael Myers is put in the back of the van. Lori obviously knows he's not dead, or at least thinks he's not. Um, follows it out there. In the, the movie, she chops his head off with an axe. Apparently, because you know there's a sequel, which we'll be talking about in a second. Um, 
make sense of this for me. How can a movie that was so good for the majority of the movie kind of falter to at least in my maybe you have a difference of opinion towards the end of this movie? Unfortunately, it was all semantics. Um, I just want to rewind for one second because one thing we glossed over, which for me was one of my favorite lines in this entire probably my favorite line in this movie was when Laurie and Will realize that Michael Myers is here. Laurie puts his, her, the, his, her, uh, her son and the girlfriend in the closet and gets her gun loaded. And Will says, what are we going to do now? And Laurie just turns to him and says, try to live. I just thought that was like badass. And again, it's one of those things that made me kind of remember Sarah Connor. But the ending of this movie I actually thought was done really, really well. Because it showed that that Jamie Lee Curtis had no fear. Now, like I said, and I talked about this a little bit earlier, there were certain contractual obligations. Jamie Lee Curtis agreed to do this, but she wanted to leave this movie as an end note. After this movie, Michael Myers is done. Laurie Schrode is done. Halloween is done. Move on. Mustafa Akkad, who's a greedy bastard, put it in the contract like, no, we're, Michael Myers cannot die. We can have some sort of resolution. We can come to some agreement, but I don't want the Michael character to die. The agreement that was made was Jamie Lee Curtis said, listen, I want at the end of this movie that the viewers assume that Michael Myers is dead. That's the resolution they get. If you want to make a sequel down the road, you make that sequel down the road. But at the end of this movie, there needs to be a resolution that Michael Myers is dead. Hell, if you if you agree to that, the sequel, you can cast me in the sequel. Hell, you could kill me in the first 10 minutes. I don't care. I just want to be a resolution, and that's exactly what we got. There was a resolution, and so we thought in this movie. They did not. They did not do anything else. They it made it seem like Michael Myers was dead. And I want us to talk a little bit about that last scene in a second. But um, then the, the agreement was Jamie Lee would be would would agree to the, be in the sequel, and that's why she. If people were wondering, which we'll talk about later, why she's in such a short aspect of the movie, that's pretty much why. But uh, what are your thoughts on all that? So here's the thing, and you just saying all that, my problems with the end of this movie may be more with how they're picked up in the next one. Just being quite honest, I think I've, especially with watching them in this review and just in my mind, I kind of think of H2 and Resurrection as all one story. Um, so I understand it from that point. The very ending scene I love, it's kind of the stuff between, because to me, if I'm stabbing my brother who's tried to kill me now for the third time, um, my kid and everything, I don't care if the dumbass security guard tells me I need to stop. I'm not going to exactly. stop until his face is pulp. Like I, exactly. I'm going to make sure he's dead. So that's where my problem come, comes in at. And then to pick that up, like I said, because I'm melding the two movies admittedly together with what, what go, goes into resurrection. That's why I'm just like, Oh my God, all this stuff is just too much for me. But the ending scene, him reaching out to her, her touching his hand. And there's obviously some care. Like I think that, Jamie Lee Curtis acted that that those moments out perfectly because there's it's like a second that you see in her face like this is my brother like okay Michael are you going to like basically like Michael give me a reason not to kill you and then finally she just decides you know what fuck it let's take let's take this bastard out that is powerful exactly. and I love it exactly and that's that's why I love this scene so much uh, for the from the point where he's pinned to the tree and he's looking at him and he for the first time Michael Myers is truly helpless and he reaches out he extends his hand for his sister looking out for for that connection and she breaks down and she gets emotional and she wants to reach out she she's the, she's her sister albeit stepsister whatever the case may be she reaches out but what happens 
she lo- and they show it very subtly. She looks in his eyes and see you can see in his eyes there is absolutely zero emotion, absolutely zero remorse. He just has a blank stare, and that's when he she made this sudden uh, reaction to hey I- I'm gonna kill him, and you know she chopped his head off. Powerful man, powerful. One of the one honestly, I think that again my my problems with like the last. 15 minutes before this aside this is one of the best when you think about halloween one halloween two h2o it's like a three movie arc probably one of the best ever agreed agreed the 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 thing should have really ended with this movie there should have never been a resurrection the remakes whatever we'll get into that another time but this 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 story and this timeline should have really ended with this movie absolutely absolutely well, any any last thoughts before we move into and and I'm telling you guys right now, I think that this next part with resurrection is just going to devolve into a rant. Um, yes, but because uh, I really don't have I really don't have much to break down in the movie because it's such a horrible movie. But any any last parts of uh, Halloween H two O? Just an amazing movie. Um, you know, I, I'm sure we're going to get into the rating in a second. You're going to go ahead and ask that in a second, but just a, a, an amazing movie and um a lot of great aspects, a lot of great. Uh, moments iconic scenes so yeah yeah absolutely enjoyed watching this all right and you just said it what's your rating 100 percent, 100 percent best movie ever yeah yeah i i gotta give it to best best movie ever is the rating for sure um i can't even give it a, a like gotta see it because you this is this is the best and if you're a fan of the first i i even think honestly while not not it's not as easy to just jump into h2o but if for some reason for some god awful reason you only see h2o i think that it tells enough of the story you get enough from it to where you don't you it adds more depth if you've seen one and two but if you haven't for some reason i still think you can get a lot of enjoyment out of it i think 100 percent that statement is correct i think if you just saw only h2o you'd be fine because really first of all three through six means shit so don't forget about three, two, six. But Lori, when she's she's telling Will w- the backstory, that pretty much encompasses one and two. That, and she gives the pretty much the entire synopsis in one and two, and then that's really all you need. And then and then you got you got H two O. So you don't really need anything else. So yeah, I mean, even if you just saw, if you had to just see one movie in this franchise, the, this H two O would be it. Yeah, yeah. And funny story before we move on. Um, also, mom, our our best but, kills, our best kills oh, after yeah. your statement. Yeah. Uh, so my mom, who's like notoriously horrible with like knowing what's a remake and all this. So like I remember to this day when we went to the movie theater to see this movie, I was oh God, what I had to be like 14, I think. Whatever. I think it was 98. This came okay. So I think yeah, I was thirteen, so I was close. Um, so when we went to go see this. Like she, when she's watching the movie, like she for the first like twenty minutes wouldn't shut up about. But wait, but wait, where's the daughter? But wait, what do you mean? I thought his head turned into. And I'm looking at her. I'm like, Mom, I'm like a teenager, and I can understand this. This it's one and two, like everything else. But what do you mean they just did away with it? I'm like, Mom, stop asking fucking questions. Of course, I'm not saying that because I would have. Right. I'm not these. I'm not these new kids. I couldn't curse at my mom and still be oh, alive. Oh, we get killed. We get oh, yeah. killed, yo. But yeah, so that's just my funny story about seeing how. And she she like loves Michael Myers. Like she's one of the people who would be like, uh, the Curse of Michael Myers is still a really good movie. Like that's what she'd say. Oh really? She's just yeah. a true fan. 
Yeah, yeah, true fan. But so she was just completely caught off guard by like, wait a second, what do you mean? Just like with the romp, when the romp. So Halloween, I have like series with my parents, like Friday the 13th, me and my dad all the way. Um, Rob Zombie, I mean, uh, Halloween, me and my mom's so like when the Rob Zombie remakes came out, it took so much for me to get in her mind. Mom, this is a complete redo of everything in the story, a complete redo. She was like, what do you mean? I'm like, look, mom, we're going to go to dinner before we go see this movie. So I can explain <laughs> all this to you because I don't want any of these questions during the movie. Um, exactly. That's so, the worst. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, best kill. So what was your best kill? Um, I, well, there was I mean, there's a really only seven to choose from. So I think I'm going to go with the last kill, although later on we find out it's obviously not Michael Myers in, in the midst of everything. For me, that was my favorite kill, because it, when you're watching this live, like when I was this kid watching this movie theater, you know, you in your head, you're like, oh, this is it. This is the end of Michael Myers. So hands down, for me, that was the best kill. Laurie killing who we apparently we thought was Michael Myers. What about you? Yeah, and I think this would be the only, um, at least it, that I can think of off just the top of my head. This would probably be the only horror movie in which the kill of the villain is my killer, killer of, the, of the night. Like, it, it, it has to be. Like, everything, all the emotion into it, like everything we just said about the scene, this is absolutely my kill of this movie. Uh, yeah, 100% agreed. Well, Jay, well, that's all, folks. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs> so, I mean, just look, after this, we get to talk about the newest Halloween movie. Like, so, and for anyone anyone who's, while we're doing this Halloween series, to start off this podcast, um, who's wondering why we're not doing the Rob Zombie movies, we're actually going to save that for one day down the road when we do remakes. We'll do a series on remakes. We're going to save it for that. We wanted to keep it pure with this one. Um, Halloween Resurrection, man, the curse of Michael Myers was bad. I I honestly think this was the worst movie, man. Yeah, what, what I want to do, but one once we finish talking about this piece of shit, is I, I want us to rank all the all the Halloweens at least from this timeline. But okay, um, the the oh god, I, I don't even know how how we're gonna talk about this movie, but it was just absolutely horrible. Again, I just want to set the table a little bit. Um, also just to rewind real quick because I know I, I usually bring up the numbers. Uh, Halloween H two O did really great numbers, grossed fifty five million, which is, if I'm not mistaken, outside of this new. This new Halloween that came out, it's one of the the uh, the biggest ones. Um, actually, I have it right here. It did fifty five million. Um, yeah, Rob Zombie's first Halloween did seventy seven million. This new Halloween already—it's been out for a couple of days and it's done ninety five million, which is just fucking crazy. Um, it's going to be hitting a hundred million soon. But yeah, it's one of the the more popular Halloweens, and it did well in the box office. Resurrection, on the other hand, was. You know, one of the, probably the worst ones. Um, it did a total of thirty-seven million, which is you know it, it, it is it is a lot. But for the timeline that this was shot, there were movies you know, uh, Jason versus Freddy that were just killing um, what this movie did in the box office. But um, yeah, I mean, I talked about why Jamie Lee Curtis was in this and and the reason why she got killed. Um, this is something she already had already agreed to. Like, hey. I'll be in the sequel, and you can kill me off in 10, 15 minutes. I don't care. I just want you know it to be thing to be done. But in reality, Jamie Lee Curtis has been outspoken, and she hated the fact that this is how Laurie Strode's character end. I mean, Jamie Lee does die in the first like twenty minutes of this movie. She hated that fact because she said she said it didn't do the character justice. From what we got from H two O, it's a totally different character. Um, it it kind of almost brings her back to the character we got in in. Uh, Halloween uh, the original and uh, yeah she's also went on record to say like literally she, this movie was just garbage she said it numerous times in numerous different ways that 
she thought this movie was absolutely ho- horrible. Yeah, and I think when you when you have a movie that was so good like H2O, everyone is of course going to go to the sequel and Jamie Lee Curtis is still in it. But then when you get into it, in the moment that they do the flashback and it was a paramedic that took over my first of all let's do this when the paramedics took michael myers body would they not realize that one of their own were missing before they drove off not only that but let's be realistic for a second i can get with with michael myers doing the switch but let's rewind for a second that that paramedic got hit by cars and all this shit he was acting like he had the superhuman powers of Michael Myers. Now, us knowing Michael Myers and what he is, it's easily believable. But now, coming to find out, it's just some random paramedic. There's no way a normal human being could have taken the punishment that that guy took and still lived. So, no, no, no. I'm saying it's just total bullshit. But it's it's something uh, called retcon. And basically, retcon. For those who don't know, retcon is something like when you uh, I forgot what it actually stands for, but it's basically when you kind of change what was once done or add into what was once done. And that's basically what they did here. Michael Myers is dead. And then they kind of retconned it to, Oh no, he's actually alive. And it was switched with the paramedic. And the thing that my, my issue is, so you're this pedomedic, Michael Myers is crunch your, your larynx. You sit up in the back. You're in, obviously in, in the ambulance or whatever. Why wouldn't the first thing you do because you take can't talk mask. is to take off the mask. Thank you. Thank you. Also, didn't you notice when they showed the flashbacks, isn't it so, ironic that when whoever it was the corner or whoever the hell that was took off the mask off the beheaded uh you know head the hair is the same exact hair that's as michael Myers. it's literally the same exact hair they did the hair to match the exact michael myers here how the hell that's so coincidental and so random it's just stupid but again this is has been a huge problem in the whole halloween series and a, a lot to blame is to Mustafa Akkad because at the end of the day, and I kind of want to pose this question to you because both of us and a lot of people might not know this in our daily lives, in our careers, we deal with in financials. We work with numbers a lot and we work with with financials and, and revenue and money and things like that. Mustafa Akkad's whole purpose for making all these continuous and continuous making all these movies was for the money. He saw how successful H2O was. Three days later, he said, hey, let's do it again. We're gonna, we're, let's make some money in the end. Now I want to ask you, as 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 you know, you as as a fan, is was this the right step to take to just spit out all these movies and for for our enjoyment as viewers, and also answer the question as a as a human being and what you do in your daily life from a financial standpoint, is this a good idea just to make rent, you know, make these movies regardless of what happens to the reputation of the series? But hey, at the end of the day, you're making money. The, so I think the thing is is that. I can understand from a studio point like this. That's what we ran into with paranormal activity. It's making money cheap to make make money. So you, from that point, dollar and cents. OK, I get it. But there's a creativity level with films that you need to have as well. So if we're if we're I believe your question is solely, though, just making money, then right. yes. If being honest, if it's just making money, absolutely. The Halloween movies were made like even um, Resurrection made for 13 million. But box office 37.7 million if you can if i can make throw up whatever shit and get and net 24 million dollars i'm doing it right but also 
and with that standpoint, totally, totally get it. But at, where do you draw the line and say it's quality over quantity? And not only that, all the money that they amass, I don't know what the total amount of money that they gross on these films, but if they would have made maybe just four solid movies, four solid movies, they could have probably superseded what they made in the entire series, depending on how good it was. I mean, Halloween 1 grossed $70 million. <laughs> How and that's how, that was the first Halloween. It, it literally made seventy million dollars. You know, we, I can pick out two of the later Halloweens combined. Probably doesn't touch that seventy million. So, you look at all the the, the better ones, like this new Halloween that came out now, H two O and Halloween One. Those three movies combined, were, you know, you're talking over you know almost a quarter million, uh, quarter billion dollars, just off of three movies. So at some point, I think they, like you said, they kind of forgot about creativity and it was just about the dollar and the cents yeah and 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 i think that long run projections uh, you got to look at resurrection basically killed the series for what Uh, when did the reboots come out i don't even remember the the rob zombie reboots yeah i think they i want to say they came out like maybe what six seven years ago or is that it came out so yeah the first rob zombie remake was 2007 so halloween resurrection was 2002 so you killed a series for five years let's say you made a halfway decent movie yeah, the the re the remake made eighty million dollars, but if you would have been able to fit two, maybe three movies in there, and and Resurrection didn't kill the series, halfway decent movies, you could have got that eighty million. You could have got probably more than that. So yeah, I agree with you. Like I get it, making the quick book, but the the longevity comes from making a good film as well, because then you can keep doing sequels. Exactly, totally agree. So where do you want? Where do you want to take this? How do you want to? How do you want to go about this? We can jump right to the end and go the fuck <laughs> on. Uh, what, what's your thoughts on Busta Rhymes, yo? But they went with LL Cool J and H two O. They went in Busta Rhymes in this okay. one. So bef- before we get, I do. But I, I want to talk about the actual death scene of Laurie Strode because I think with the character we need to talk about it. Um, Absolutely. So Let's give her Lori, that respect. Exactly. So Laurie, after killing uh, the paramedic, was actually in a psychiatric why do i can't talk sometimes jb a psychiatric facility um after after killing the paramedic um and i don't know how many years later it goes michael apparently finds her uh kills two security guards finds Lori, stabs her and then throws her off off the roof terrible way to kill the main character uh well i know not of this movie but of the series like it just there was something about seeing that happen that soon and maybe they were going for like the, the cheap thrill like from a scream of having Drew, Drew Barrymore killed early on. But Laurie's just so much more than that. Considering that, like you said at the when we started this, the, everything the character's been through and that's the way she goes out. I just man, I, I don't yeah. I, I even watching it now, like why, when, watching it for this for this review it's 16 years later and i'm still just looking at it and i'm just like this is stupid yeah literally as i'm watching this as i'm watching it when you know when i'm watching this i'm getting infuriated more and more because i know she's about to die and i'm like why did he do this i get laura you know jamie lee curtis said she wanted the character to be killed but oh my god it could have been done in so many a million different ways better than this um and also, just even the the first couple of kills we got were so. I mean, the 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 cop that died, that first cop that died. You hear the guy yelling, and within twenty seconds, you're telling me in twenty seconds, Michael Myers killed him, decapitated him, 
put his head inside the uh, inside the washer dryer, whatever that was. I think it was the washer, and also set up his body in front of the washer. All this happened in twenty seconds because that was the time that the other officer took to 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 come inside the room. It was just it was just done stupid, um, and that kind of set the tone for this movie. And and I knew that this movie was going to be shit even when I first saw it, just because of the tone that was set. They killed off the the the, the best character in the entire series. Um, you you always hate to see that, but the way it was done was just stupid. And I, I think you made a good point. I think they were trying to go kind of the screamer route where. You know the top person. I remember in one one scream, um, Drew Bar- the original scream, Drew Barrymore dies. Um, I, I think in, I want to say it was Scream Two, Omar Epps dies in the in the um, movie theater. So they take like their biggest star and they kill them right away. I think that's the route they were going. But for a character like Laurie Strode, I think that was that was not the right way. Or if she had to die, um, it could have been done in a better way. Yeah, yeah. It's just you just hate to see that. But uh, enough enough for my horse than that. So. Buster Rhymes in this movie. Listen, there's been no bigger jump to shark moment in any horror film than Buster Rhymes karateing the fuck out of Michael Myers. Uh, that, uh, oh my god, it's. Geez. But let me let me just say this. Um, I I was not uh, a fan of Buster Rhymes in this movie. Okay, let me let me rewind that. I was not a fan of his acting, but that doesn't mean to say he had a, quite a few one-liners that I found very um funny. And, and interesting and I enjoyed but the overall his acting was not great and the thing is I've seen his acting be decent although it was a very he had very small speaking roles I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Higher Learning yes I, I, I loved him in Higher Learning and he didn't have that, like a lot of speaking roles or a lot of acting moments but the little that he did I, I enjoyed he just played like this badass dude and all again the fights and whatever but um, I, I didn't know I didn't, I didn't really like the acting too much here from him and, and, and also this is just interesting um, did you find it odd that they had LL Cool J in in that in H two O, and then they had they had uh, Buster Rhymes in this one? Like, did you make the connection, and do you know why it is the way it was? They just felt like they had to meet the black quota. I don't know. You tell Co- me. That's you're one hundred percent correct. They did market research, and they realized like, hey, you know what? Black people actually like this stuff. So why not have somebody that has mass appeal? Okay, let's let's look at music at the time. LL Cool J and actually they actually have YouTube videos of uh, interviews with LL Cool J talking about he kind of wants to uh, still do music, but he wants to, you know, go more into the acting. So they decided to bring LL Cool J on and um, same concept with uh, Resurrection. They wanted to have somebody that would be appealing to to the African-American crowd. I don't know exactly why they picked Busta Rhymes of all people, but uh, that's why Busta Rhymes came in. And I also find it funny that I don't know if these guys had it in their in their contract clauses or whatever, but neither of these guys died in the film. Yeah, and that was very rare for that time. Like you, you almost just assume that they're gonna die uh, once you see them cast in the movie. That did not happen here. Crazy. I know it was shocking. But what what, were you, what was your take on on the beginning of this movie oh, after man. after Laurie? the whole Lori scene i just honestly it felt like this is the this is my process so throughout all these movies um he's wanted to kill Lori strobe um he finally does it and why it should have just ended there they should have said all right go home exactly what else is left but then they go to these college students and this this reality tv show and like they're 
going to go in the Michael Myers house. I'm just sitting here looking at the shit like this. Can't, so we're basically real world in the Michael Myers, this house. That's what I thought. That's immediately what my brain went to. Well, I'm kind of along the same lines. I was thinking Big Brother. I'm a huge Big Brother fan. And so Big go. Brother, they have all the cameras, whatever. But let, let's talk for a second real quick because you and I are around the same age group. This movie was shot in, in what, late 90s or was it early 2000s? This one would have been early 2000s. This one. Came oh, yeah, right. It was 2002, yeah. I, or 2001, if I'm not mistaken, because I think I read something like it was supposed to be released around 9-11 and they kind of delayed it because the whole 9-11 thing. But sense. right in, in 2001, if I remember clearly, I was on 56K modem. And for, for those young young people who have no idea what the hell 56K modem is, before we had this fast, amazing internet, internet was slow as shit back in the days. And 56K modem was extremely slow. That's the whole modem that you hear that, eh, you hear all the static, and I'm sure you've heard the sound bites before. There was no way in hell that this could be streamed live at any point in time. I'm just <laughs> thinking of a logistics. There's no way, not with 56K modem. Number two... How the hell did they make money off of this? How was this thing monetized? Because um, the, the, the character who plays uh, Deckard, who, who's the one that's kind of talking to the main character, Sarah, he logs into to you know, I'm kind of jumping ahead a little bit, but he logs in from the party and there is no username. There's no password. There's no credit card. So how exactly is Buster Rhymes making money off of this? Plot Your hole. I guess is as good as mine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, a, it's just a lot of a lot of bullshit is what it is. Yeah. And so. A, a terrible plot device to even get the story going um even worse like okay let's just what what they do to michael myers in this movie first of all the 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 whole like what was it a high chair with like constraints in it Ugh. we clearly see in the first movie that did not happen like that was not the way he he lived um and then like him arguing with michael myers and michael myers just standing there there's no way never like, they completely they completely bitched like, him yeah they bitched him out like what in what world does Michael Myers sit there and let somebody do that? Like, even if there shouldn't even been a chance for him to talk, talk to Michael Myers. He just showed up, saw him there, killed him, walked the fuck off. Like, he was not the boogeyman at all in this movie. He was just a caricature wow. of of Michael Myers. Yeah, and the thing is, like, uh, Buster Rhymes was was the one that was dressed up in the Michael Myers costume, and he's like, "Oh, get out of here, go your way, go your way," and I'm like. Yeah, Michael Myers just turns around and walks away. That is not Michael Myers. Michael Myers, before you finish saying the second word, he would slit your throat. That's the Michael Myers we all know and love. Exactly. And the fact that you that like they just turned it like this was a comedy movie. Like this was a Halloween parody movie. That's what it was. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It, that's what it came across. At. It came across as like something that's kind of made for TV and not something that you see in a, bo- a big a big box office hit. Didn't come across as that. And it's just with all the plot holes and the, let's face it, the acting. Although there's some really good uh, people who, who would become great actors like um, they have the kid from American Pie um, who was also in Rookie of the Year. Uh, he, you know, he did all those American Pie movies. They have uh, Sean. I think his name is Sean Patrick Thomas, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. He's in. He, he was the guy that played um, Rudy, I think, in this movie. He he went on to do some good movies as well. So they they had uh, some sort of semblance of good characters, but just didn't come together. I don't know. It didn't come together. I will say though, huge fan of having Tyra Banks because she is so fucking fine. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, you got to have eye candy in any horror movie, but just this movie. And, and I hate anyone who like I'm, is disappointed that we're not doing a full review like we did for H2O. It's just I really just feel there's not 
much here from a horror standpoint outside of Michael Myers being there to really review this movie. Like it's just it this movie does not feel you know, this kind of feels almost like so they had they threw Laurie Strode at the beginning of a movie to connect it to the to the to connect it to the previous movie. But it almost feels like this movie was a script that had nothing to do with Halloween that was loosely had like someone killing people in this in this reality show setting. And they just added these plot devices to tie it into Michael Myers. And that was it. Like outside of the first 15 minutes of this movie, when they do the whole explaining the flashback from the last one in Laurie Strode. It just doesn't feel like a Halloween movie at all. It even doesn't even the curse of Michael Myers that we completely destroyed as well as from a, a mm-hmm. movie standpoint, it still had its hard elements. It still had good kills. It still was basically Michael Myers. Yeah, they, they forced him to rape somebody and we don't we don't understand that. They added the whole cult thing, but it still felt like a Halloween movie. Yep. It, way more than this. This really just feels like somebody had the script laying around. They're like, oh, somebody's getting killed. We can throw Michael Myers. He can be the killer. Yeah. And like you said, although we crushed Curse of Michael Myers, we still were able to pick out bright moments and, and high spots from that movie. Albeit it was very few, we were able to still pick some out. With this movie, I can't really pick out anything. I mean, I, really, I can't really. Other than a couple of one-liners from Busta Rhymes, there's really n- absolutely nothing in this movie um, that I can say, you know what? Yeah, this is a high point, or yeah, this was oh, this was amazing, or this scene, or this uh, this this sequence. Th- there was absolutely nothing. You know, there there was no, this movie gave nothing. And don't get me wrong, I think the concept of the movie is actually really good. However, like you said, it's not a Halloween movie. I think if they would have took this concept, have six strangers, um, give some backstory on all the strangers so you actually care about them. It's not just okay, all these characters, including the main character, why the hell do I give a fuck about Sarah? Why should I care about her? She's not she's not, not related to Laurie Strode. I know nothing about her. Why should I care if she lives or dies? Or any of the characters, for that matter. We don't care. There was no backstory on these people. They didn't do a build. Um, there was there was absolutely nothing. So, of course, no one gives a shit about these characters. I could care less if any of them live or die. Um, there was no connection with these characters. But this concept can still work in a movie if they did it the right way. Build the characters and then do this sort of uh, – they put them in the, in the, in the house and, and sort of thing. But for Halloween, absolutely not. Yeah, and, and that's the thing is like – if Josh Hartnett had came back and we had his character of John in it um, and not in the same story, it would have felt like more of a it would have made more sense because he would have been trying to go after someone who's still related to him by blood. Since that's what it seems like is, is his thing. But all this like it just really it, it it's a bad film. Not only is it a bad Halloween movie, it's just a bad film. Now, as far as what you said about the the plot devices, if you have a reality show movie where somebody in it is a killer, I can get behind that. I I can I can do that. But this specific one, like tying it into Michael Myers, like it just nah, man. I I can't get with this one. Yeah, I mean we we saw. I mean it's close to like what we know of Saw. I mean, it's not far off that that kind of that kind of uh, plot devices. It's kind of like what we see in Saw, like Saw Two, um, was something based off of this. It was these people inside a room, and um, although there wasn't necessarily a killer, but it, you know, people were still viewing it. The cops were viewing it, so there's kind of some similarities there. But Saw is a totally different franchise, and it's it's within that realm. This was just out of the blue. But you do bring up something, and I want to ask you. You were talking about Josh Hartnett. So after this movie was done, obviously they were thinking, okay, what's the next one we're going to do? 
what was supposed to, what was on paper there was the sequel to this which was going to be a Halloween God knows what they were going to call it it was going to star Josh Hartnett and actually it was going to be about him avenging his mom's death basically his mom's murder um, movie never came to fruition I don't, I don't really know why I didn't really see much about it um, instead years later we got Rob Zombie's remake but I think I agree with you if we would have gotten that like let's say for example we got this res- resurrection which was just shit and they came back with Josh Harnett trying to avenge his mom and if it was done the right way that would have again revitalized the entire franchise and who knows maybe we would have got a couple more before they finally you know finished it off yeah it's just this is just really bad man it's, I, I really and I know I keep saying it and I don't want to keep repeating myself but it's it's it, it's a terrible movie and it's a terrible Halloween movie. It's a terrible way to end, end the terrible. character of the series. Like, there's nothing really redeeming about this movie at all. Yeah, there's some laughs provided by Buster Rhymes. Yeah, um, like th- I, that's the thing. Like, even if we were to try to do like our best kills and stuff from this movie, I really don't know what what what's, what to say because these kills were just basic, borderline basic horror movie kills, in my opinion. There was nothing creative in it, and the characters we had no connection to, and they try to force a connection. Uh, with some of them by just overuse of them but they just seem like empty characters overall yeah you know and i'm gonna be honest with you when i when i I was preparing for the show i kept on pounding my brain like what am i going to pick for like what am i going to pick for best kill and honestly i do have a best kill written down on paper but the truth of the matter is the only reason i have a best kill written down on paper is because it's a segment on our show but i'm not even going to read what that best kill is fuck that because it was just done because of it has to be done. And I'm, I, I I don't give this movie a best kill. There is no best kill. So I'm not even going to say because my answer wouldn't have been true. It's just me p- picking something just to pick something. So I have no best kill for this movie. There you go. There you go. And it's just like, honestly, the best kill that this movie did was for the franchise for a couple of years. Because at this point, it just needed it needed something new. Um, but. Yeah. yeah, did you just say the best kill of the movie was the franchise? Yes. Yeah, yeah that's you're one hundred fucking percent correct. <laughs> yeah, it was it was later to be revived, but yeah, this one just completely killed it. Um, so yeah, yeah, I mean, and, and Rob Zombie shit ain't no ain't no work in the park either. The the best thing about Rob Zombie's and don't, I liked I really liked the first one, um, the first Rob Zombie remake. The second one I just I hated. But the best thing out of those movies to me is the mask. I love yes. the mask from those movies. Yes, 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 yes. And we'll definitely get into, like you said, we'll be doing some series on remakes. And I'm sure we'll we'll get into the masks and, and those Rob Zombies. But, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, uh, even though we're talking white girl moment, the entire movie is a white girl moment from <laughs> beginning to from beginning to end. You want a white girl moment? Hit play. And when you see the credits, that's the end of the white girl moment. That's 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 pretty wow. much it. That's I, I know we've actually uh, absolutely crush this movie but i, I want to go back go back to my original question if you don't have anything else to add about this movie i want you to rank all the halloweens leave out the rob zombie um, remakes and leave out the, the most current one the original timeline what's your ranking best to worst okay halloween one halloween h2o halloween two um halloween five then four then the curse of michael myers and then resurrection okay so we're we're, all, we're pretty close um halloween one definitely the, the the original is always the best um i know you said a halloween h2o second but for me second would be halloween two and then halloween h2o and then i would do pretty much in order halloween four five curse of michael myers and um uh resurrection 
um, it says a lot that we're rating Curse of Michael Myers above Resurrection. That just goes to show how bad freaking Resurrection was. Because Curse of the Curse of Michael Myers was absolutely horrible as well. But we were still able to find some bright spots out of it. Exactly. Like there, there's the outside of this review. Like seriously, I may never watch Resurrection again. No, I don't think so. So, so CEO, I want to I want to ask you. I mean, we've over the last of course couple of weeks, um, you know, our first four episodes, we've kind of taken this journey, um, with Laurie Strode, Michael Myers, and a bunch of other characters. What what can you say from starting from Halloween one down to this one? Did you see like what was your just overall thoughts on the entire on the entire franchise from this timeline? And what about the journey of Michael Myers that we saw from part one all the way to resurrection? And also in terms of the same thing with Laurie Strode, what were your thoughts on just the entire thing as one? I mean, I think that it's it's the high points are so high that it's absolutely one of the best horror series period. Um, that's just my, my God. Sure. It'll opinion. always be iconic. Sure. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's definitely one of the best ever. Um, but overall, I think my, my lasting thought is, is that this is why the horror genre died is because of people like Akkad who just saw it as a cash grab and some of the art left out of it. And that's an issue. You're you said it perfectly. I mean, th- things like that is exactly what killed, what killed, um, or you know what in that time frame, that timeline, what killed these horror movies? But then, thankfully, there's guys like the gentleman we know, Bloomhouse, Jason Bloom, who are doing things the right way now to kind of bring back horror into the forefront, and he's doing amazing things. And you know, not only him, there's other other production companies that are doing great things. But just Halloween as a whole, like you said, the high points are really good, but the low points are just so bad to the point where they're like unwatchable. Um, I mean, Resurrection is, I almost want to say Resurrection is just freaking unwatchable at some points. Um, I really felt, though, if they would have taken out Halloween 3, 4, 5, and everything between Halloween 3 and 6, and also Resurrection, and we would have just got 1, 2 at H2O, I would have probably went on the the limb and said this is literally the best franchise ever, even with those three movies. I would have said, but I can't say that because something that I call the best, it would be close to perfect pretty much and the series unfortunately is not close to perfect because of those those movies from the in-between but overall i would have to rate the movie just for the nostalgia reasons just for michael myers being iconic lord strobe being iconic i would have to rate the the entire series as a must watch and if you're a true horror fan as much as we crushed curse of michael myers as much as we crushed resurrection you still have to watch the entire thing you got to take you got to take the good with the bad so you got to watch the entire thing yeah absolutely you have to you have to watch all of it um but great series with some horrible movies but great series overall absolutely absolutely well can you tell the people what we got coming up yeah so coming up after this we on halloween day which is kind of off our normal um release schedule we will actually be releasing our review of the new halloween movie which i'm really excited to talk to you about um then after that we have the nun and then after that we'll probably do the haunting of hill house this the the television series mix it out from the world of film and then somewhere between those two we'll probably do another poll to vote on our next movie what do you think about that jb absolutely i'm down with that on and for just for for anyone who's wanting to follow along um watch these movies uh, you know kind of bring back 
the memories because a lot of these things are, are kind of older movies. Obviously, the newer Halloween, that's not going to be anywhere because it's in the theaters right now uh, unless you want to take other means, which I won't get into. But um, I know I know The Nun. I just recently saw it today on um, Amazon Prime. So if you're an Amazon Prime member, it's actually right now on Amazon Prime. Um, I, I actually have not seen The Nun. I saw a part of it like 10 minutes of it so i don't i can't even remember what it was like that 10 minutes was about so i'll definitely be re-watching that so we'll get into that i know the listeners voted on that and uh, like you said uh we'll be watching that netflix show as well that'll be that's all on deck yeah we got a lot of stuff on deck here i'm really looking forward to where we go uh, now that we're not like stuck into a series of films like we were trying like we, what we did which i must say jb that was a hell of an undertaking for us to try to do to start off with like i really at- didn't realize it at the time because you know me and you've been podcasting for a while so i didn't really think about how much of an undertaking it would be but to start off with a series like this that's a, we did a hell of a job absolutely and um yeah i mean it's just i when we first did this we we, we thought like oh you know this would be a one two three but to do two podcast, uh, to do two um, movies at a time. It's you know, I, so I'm looking forward to us going to what we originally started to do, which is basically, you know, we'll pick one movie every episode and we'll kind of run that movie. So, um, yeah, but don't get me wrong, I, I I thoroughly enjoyed doing this. Even again, we got the shitty some shit movies in between. It still made for great conversation. Oh, absolutely, absolutely great, great conversation, great fun. Um, I think that the people, if you saw. The progression just this is episode four from one to four we've you probably got to know a little bit more about us i know we come in with a with a solid base from what we've done before but for any new ones that just came on for horror the the best is yet to come from us and that i can promise you because me and jb when we get together if you guys can't tell the shit definitely gets stirred absolutely and also i just want to give a nod to our listeners um you kind of opened up a little bit before saying like you know thanking everybody for for listening and 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 things like that giving us some good reviews really appreciate that but i just also wanted to mention i i posted a uh something earlier today on twitter and i just wanted to give a little bit of feedback on that or at least the results and i the question i posed was i don't uh, CEO, oh, I don't know if you had a chance to, to see it, but I basically asked what was everybody's favorite kill in the entire Halloween series, um, not including the Rob, the Rob Zombies and the, the newest one, just in the original. And uh, quite a few people have posted so far, and it seems like the most popular one, I don't know if you remember this one, it was the character Bob Sims in the original Halloween. He was the boyfriend that got, um, that he got stabbed, and like Michael Myers kind of stabbed him up to the door. Do you remember that kill? It was actually my my uh, my favorite kill from Halloween One. I remember I it. Yeah, I remember it. Yeah, so it seems that that's the one all of our listeners seem to be liking. What about you? What was your favorite kill for the entire series? Oh man, um, only because of like the comedy aspect and just like how how stupid do you have to be? Would have to be uh, the mom. Of, is that is that the curse? The return of Michael Myers. Um, in her own backyard i believe that was also your oh yes moment she's just like you don't you don't know your the layout of your own backyard that <laughs> exactly sure. yeah and mine's was um in the uh halloween mm, it was halloween 2 i believe yeah halloween 2 and it's the one where uh michael myers kills the guy that's driving earl i think the guy's name is and he just like, kind of like grabbed him and he just kind of like crushed through his like neck and just tore his neck apart that was probably my because it was just super graphic and the visual on it was pretty cool that was my favorite and um i mean literally guys that's that's the halloween series ceo you got anything else on this 
No, man, I really don't like that. That's been it. I, I look forward to like kind of finishing out with the remake. Um, but as far as like the retro reviews, that's it. We, I, I, I appreciate you guys for keeping up with us along this journey. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really glad to be to talking about the the remake. But I'm really glad to get kind of out of this world of Michael Myers. Not that I don't enjoy talking about him, but just to get into something different. Exactly. There's so many more characters. So many more movies. Um, left to talk about so I can't wait to jump into it and start going let's do it man so this has been the fear frequency and uh, I am CEO Hayes you can follow me at CEO H-A-I-Z-E I look forward to seeing uh, well hearing from you guys more often uh, JB tell the people where they can find you I can be found on Twitter at the P1 JB again at T-H-E P1 JB go ahead and tweet at me Lo- we love the conversation and we love to be interactive with our listeners, so please go ahead and do that. And uh, please continue to leave reviews and ratings on iTunes. We really appreciate that as well. And, yeah, just thanks so much for all the love. Peace. you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.